Hello and welcome to episode 200 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. Ascot hosts three high-class handicaps on Saturday, featuring the competitive seven furlong Victoria Cup handicap with over 20 runners due to line up. We also look at the Swinton Hurdle at Haydock and reflect on the Derby and Oaks Trials at Linkfield now taking place on their all-weather track due to waterlogging. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of the weekend's racing action with Wally Pyra looking ahead to Saturday's meeting in Hong Kong. Well, Bill, it's it's a really strange weekend, isn't it? Because it's the, the Linkfield trials for the, the Oaks and, and the Derby that are, that are coming up. But the meeting's been abandoned pretty much on, on the turf and they're going to race on the all-weather. So what's the point of having the trial for the these trainers when they're going to be on a surface that's totally different on, and the track's not even the same or similar to Epsom? It's the point of running it at all. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's really hard because you know it's, it's Linkfield's big big day, and uh, to give them credit, they called it early, uh, so they they abandoned it early. Um, they changed the race to twenty four hour decks. That's why we're not going to cover it in detail now on Friday because we still haven't got the decks to hand. Um, they switched it to the all weather. Is it a trial for Epsom? No, it's not on turf. It's a run, I suppose, is the one way yeah. of looking. If you don't want to go yeah. to York, you get to run under the belt if you've got aspirations to go uh, to Epsom. Uh, it's not a great... Yeah, I, I'd imagine a lot of the horses that were going to go here will probably now go to York. Yeah. Um, the military order was supposed to be going here um, for the for the Derby trial. Whether he goes, I'm not so sure. Uh, I, I think I haven't seen... Um, the Oaks trial uh, potential declarations, but I can't imagine any of the big guns are going to go for that. I, I think you're going to have a very small field for that, and they'll all go to the Musadora, I'd have thought. Uh, it was a shame, a shame for Linkfield, but I can see kind of um, why, they, why they're doing it. And one race that will hold up will be the Chartwell Phillies, which is a good race. Look out for uh, Sacred if, if she's declared there. Uh, with Ryan Moore, um, but you're going to get Sacred and Sandrine in that race. I thought that would be a good race, mm. um, but I'm not sure the Oaks and Derby trial will be up to much. Now, we've seen during the week at the Chester May meeting that the ground's been very soft, heavy really, although it's described as soft. I think the Times were saying it's pretty much on the heavy side. What we're going to get at Ascot on Saturday, do you think? Because that's where we're going to look at. We're going to look at Ascot and, and the Swinton at, at uh, Haydock as well. But Ascot is soft at the moment. It could get could get on heavy side though, couldn't it? Yeah, they're racing there on Friday. I thought it was a surprise. I thought they might ditch Friday considering the ground. I mean, they're calling it soft, heavy in places. At the time of us recording here on Friday morning, um, they've had 33 mils over the last week, uh, which is a hell of a lot of rain. Yeah. Um, there isn't that much due today, tomorrow, into, into Saturday's kind of rain, um, which means... It's just going to be drying out. Oh, I think you work on the basis of soft, but it's going to be hard work. You're going to need horses that handle the ground and see out the trip. Okay, let's have a look at Ascot. We'll start off with the 130 mile and a half handicap with 10 runners. And Nathaniel Green's probably going to be at the top of most people's markets. William Haggis, who uh, had a winner at Chester with the Hamish first time out. Nathaniel Green first time out since November when finishing down the field behind Metier. At Doncaster in the November handicap, that was on heavy, 
although he has one on soft at Haydock back in July last year. Sarumi goes for Richard Hannon in the all-conquering Amma Racing at the moment. That was a winner at Epsom on soft going uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago in the Great Metropolitan. And High Fibre has changed hands now and is now trained by Harry Fry, having moved over from Rafe Beckett. So how do you see the opener at Ascot? The obvious place to start is Nathaniel Green. He's was progressive last last year for for the Haggis team. He's going to be eleven or four, three to one. He's, he's, he's not a great price on his on his seasonal berth. He lost his way a little bit. Um, got stuck in the mud. But the last time we saw him in the November handicap, that was a bit below par run. But I suppose if he reproduces his Haydock run, um, I think he's going to um, he's going to be. You know, hard, hard to beat. He did wear pieces that day and doesn't wear pieces now, which is a bit strange because he wore pieces the last two starts of um, the back mm-hmm. end of last year. And that's the only kind of niggling worry. I'm not quite quite sure why. I suppose if he returns to his best, he'll take some beating, but at the prices, I'd probably prefer to take him on in this ground. Uh, Sarumi was good last time, slightly had the run of the race uh, at Epsom. Um, William Buick kind of controlled matters from the front and um yeah he was um he it was relatively straightforward he's up up four pounds for the Richard Hannon team progressive uh probably the most straightforward of the of the front two in terms of having the run under his belt but um I'm inclined to probably take a bit of a swing in this race uh, I was happy to take Savvy Knight on I mean he's got bits and pieces of nice form but whether he wants the ground this bad um, high fibre you can make a case for him but he's, I mean his first run for 400 days for Harry Fry um, I thought Rhythmic Intent was probably the interesting one around 12 to 1 Stuart Williams is um, 7 year old who's who's you know go back through his back form he was, he was you know a good winner at Doncaster back in September 21 and had previously finished second in the November handicap the year before. So he's got bits and pieces of form. He's he's kind of slipped down to a mark in 93, which is very workable. Uh, pipe opener at Epsom last month we'll, should put him spot on for this. Um, he probably he doesn't have the progressive profile of the front two, um, but I thought that um, he was interesting around 12s. And green team, Ian Williams' horse, who they picked up off um, Owen Burroughs. They paid 80 grand at the sales last year. And had four runs at Maidan, but being by Wooden, Wooden Bassett, he probably he's only had the one run on softish ground, and that was second at Bath to Chairman uh, last May, which was a was a good run on his seasonal bow. I just thought he was a, a big price around twenty to one. I thought I could probably go with those two. I'd probably back Rhythmic Intent and Green Team at twelves and twenties respectively, small stakes each way, um, just to be in the mix here. We've got the straight mile Phillies handicap at 2.05 with the 11 runners. Timeless Melody used to be with uh, Godolphin, is now with William Haggis, and the new owner, Sheikh Juma, has taken over. William managed to get this one to win on debut just uh, a few days ago in April, 14th of April. Heavy going seven furlongs at Leicester, having not won for Godolphin. Um, Charlie Appleby's got Mountain Song in the race, who won at Southall on the all-weather there over the mile. Julia Augusta goes for Roger Varian and Achievely Park Colours, Belhaven, and One Morning are also in there as well. Lady Bamford owns One Morning. Michael Bell, the trainer. So, William Haggis, once again, you know, we always say this, he places his horses so well. And this is a daughter of Teofilio. Um, not easy to take on a Godolphin horse and get a win out of it, but he did that straight away. 
Timeless Melodies is definitely better than an 80 horse. You know, this was a race where I I kind of wanted to take on those again at the top of the market. But the Haggis team picked this up at the sales after just two runs for Charlie Appleby and Godolphin. And, you know, I was going through the sales records and they paid 65 grand, which wasn't a huge amount for a horse so well-bred mm-hmm. uh, on the back of two okay-ish runs on the all-weather. Admittedly, probably a bit below par, but um, she... It was campaigned over a, nearly a mile and a half the last time, the last run when she was second to Hello Jamira, uh, when she was a beaten favourite at Kempton back in April. And, you know, she she reappeared over seven, needed every yard of it, looked to be in trouble. Stamina kicked in, should be fine on the ground. Um, thought was was pretty comprehensively on top towards the line. Um, soft ground on a mile should be perfect for her. She's been given a bit more time. She's out of a nice family. Uh, lots to like about her and you know she's around seven to two I just think she's the most likely to run her race um, Anna Farrago takes another three pounds off so she's in essence running off a mark of 77 it just she just feels and looks like a better filly than a 77 filly there's loads in there Mountain Song you mentioned uh, Julia Augusta um, even one morning you can make a case out for five or six of these but I just keep coming back to Timeless Melody I think she's she's progressive um, she'll handle the ground She'll see out the trip on further, and she's got to be better than an 80 filly, and I think she's the one to beat. So the feature race at Ascot on Saturday is at 2.40. It's run over seven furlongs. The Victoria Cup is a Class 2 race. 23 of them due to go to post, and George Bowie seems to be well in with a couple here. He's got Baradar, tongue-tied for the first time with Kevin Stott for Ammo Racing, and a totally charming going here with uh, another top jockey on board, the youngster Billy Lochnan, who's claiming the three now, and uh, also trained by George Bowie. Those two at the top of the market. As we know, Fresh loves Ascot for James Fanshawe. It's just getting the right day for Fresh at Ascot. That always seems to be the problem. Is Saturday going to be the day? Clive Cox has got Kingdom Come. Vafortino was uh, quite well fancied uh, a couple of weeks ago when running at Newmarket, finishing second there, and the others in this big field. It's always a good race. Victoria Cup, always pretty tough to find the winner. Bill, where did you uh, have a look at this one at? I love this race. It's it's um, always a wide-open affair. Draw plays its part. You've wanted to be drawn high in recent years, but banking on that is, is never never the, the, the kind of done thing because it can can switch but you know this time of year it tends to tends to be a, a higher draw that suits uh george bowie holds the key to this he's got two real good chances at the top horses that want to drop back to seven furlongs both baradar with a tongue tie on for the first time and totally charming he ran so well in ireland before his stamina kind of seemed to eke away um look obvious too that they're at the, the very top of the market you got river nymph previous winner of this race Vaffoltino last year's winner um, all the ones are there. Look, it's it's you can make a case out for a dozen of these, um, and still not be on the winner. So, um, it's a it's it's a race I like. Uh, I am gonna have a few quid on Totally Charming. Um, Billy Lockname takes three pounds off him. Um, he lines up here off a mark of one hundred and one. Um, ran well at the Cara last time in the Irish Lincolnshire, but when he's beaten behind Latam. Uh, over on the far side, and his stamina just kind of eat away a bit late on. Seven furlongs of bad ground, previously won impressively at Doncaster. Uh, 
proved that was his his kind of thing. And off a mark of 101, he's in essence running off 98, which is just a couple of pounds higher than that mark at Donny, uh, drawn down the middle. So if there is any bias, he can go wherever he wants. He thought totally charming around eight to one um, was an interesting one. And the other one was I was going to go was for old boy safe voyage at the ground old age of 10. Particularly the ground is hard work. He's for for a John Quinn team who's in good form. Um, he slipped, slipped back down to a mark of 97. And uh, look, he was in his heyday, he was up in the 116s or so. Um, so he's definitely off a fair mark. Um, will handle the background, ran really well last week at first when, when third to, to Northern Express comes here in good nick. Uh, seven furlongs, no bother. Um, Ascot's no bother. Don't forget he was um, fourth to Shalir here in the in the Balmoral off a mark of 100. So um, lines up here off a £3 lower mark than that in good form. I thought 16 to 1 was just a big price, drawn 22. Um, can travel into the race and run well. So yeah, totally charming and safe voyage, but just a race to enjoy. Look forward to Ascot on Saturday. There's one big race we're going to look at at Haydock as well, the 3.15. It's the two-mile Potemps Network Swinton Handicap. Maximum field of 17 due to go to post in this one. The ex-Richard Hughes, now Harry Derham trained. Brentford Hope's going to be quite a popular choice in this one, having won last two races at Wincanton and Huntingdon. Biker comes over for Charles Burns, from Ireland, Teddy Blue for Gary Moore. The dog's getting involved as well. He wants to have a bet in this race. Uh, Gary Moore, Teddy Blue, he won by a short head, and Gary Moore's been in terrific form. And I guess you know a bit about Paramount as well from the Charlie Longston stable. But uh, the Swinton's always a cracking race to watch. I love races over two miles. The hurdles, they, they go fast, they jump really well. Should be a good one. Yeah, it should be a really good race. I mean, they are actually watering at Haydock today on Friday um, on the hurdles course, which is bizarre considering all the rain everywhere else. But they're kind of good to soft, good in places, and they want to kind of revert it to good to soft. So it'll be fairly fairly decent ground. The one for money all week has been Brentford Hope, uh, who is a form of Richard Hughes, flashy kind of one-time Derby Hope, who's uh, been turned inside out by Harry Derham and won a couple of hurdle races. He's a proper mudlark. Um, he's won on good soft ground both his last two starts from his lowly kind of handicap mark this is tougher um, he knuckled down really well to win last time I can totally see why all the big prices early in the week have been snapped up um, but it ain't raining up there and he's not going to get his ideal conditions and this is definitely in at the deep end <laughs> he's he, he's going to run well and then you've got um, Charles Burns' biker who Came very close to to winning the Boodles at Cheltenham last time. Uh, formerly decent on the flat with, with Richard Hannon. He's a horse I do, I, I do like, and he still runs off that mark of one two eight, which I think is definitely workable. He's he's uh, runs off off one three two over on these shores, um, but Philip Burns takes five pounds off him. Yeah, I just, he he probably gets my vote. He carries just ten stone seven. Stays the trip well. Ground will be fine. Stable still in good nick. Um, I just think he's going to run really well, Biker. Um, you mentioned uh, Charlie's horse, Paramount, who ground was, you know, he has one on soft, but want, wants this decent surface. Um, I spoke to Charlie last night. He he definitely thinks he's got a big chance. Um, he thinks he'll run really well. Um, and I can to- totally see that. Um, they probably went too hard uh, at Aintree last time and 
he's better than he showed. But you know, it's he's he's off a mark of one three four. He's Charlie still thinks he's maybe ahead of the handicapper. He's still got to carry eleven stone one. I just thought I would rather part be with Biker uh, at fives, but you know, I'd love to see Paramount go very close. Um, and the other one I was keen on at a big price was Washington, Ollie Murphy's horse. Um, he's consistently run well in that same race that um, Paramount faded. Um, uh, Aintree, um, he was he was third. Washington uh, behind punctuation. That race turned into a bit of a slog. I think the return to slightly better ground will help him. Um, he's off a mark at the same mark of one, two, four. I thought <laughs> the kind of 14 to one available about him was a bit too big so i would probably approach this race with a small win bet on biker at fives and an each way bet on washington at 14s so that's the swinton at haydock on saturday afternoon i know bill you wanted to have a look at the the guineas over in france on sunday where they race at longchamp the colts they go at 250 over the mild there and it's described as heavy going already in longchamp which you probably would expect uh, over in, in France, but th- that's uh, going to be a bit difficult for some of the British horses, maybe. The likes of Isaac Shelby, it goes over for Brian Meehan, having won the Greenham, the Group 3 at Newbury. At Knight could go over there for Simon and Ed Crisford, but they're probably all going to have to try and beat this American flag, the French horse. Yeah, it looks it looks, it looks, looks that way. I mean, Aiden looks set to be um, represented by Hans Anderson. Um, who's pretty versatile on the ground front and won the 2000 guineas trial on background at Leperstown. Look, he's got to, he's got to take a big step forward. Um, but we've seen Aiden's runners do that in this race in the past. American flag is the one to beat without doubt. Uh, trained by Jan Barber at Deauville, um, by Wooden Bassett just is very effective on the background. Um, won the Prix de Fontainebleau uh, by a couple of lengths. Uh, gets better with every start. Stays the trip out well. Um, look, American flag is the one to beat. The best of the of, of the Raiders will be Isaac Shelby, who disappointed in the Dewhurst. There was definitely a problem there, but bounced back with a good win in the Greenham. He seems versatile when it comes to the ground. He certainly wasn't stopping at Newbury, but this is going to be even worse ground. And look, I'd, I'd stick to the home team, and I think American flag might be hard to beat. And then the Phillies go a little bit later on at 3.30 on Sunday. Obviously over a mile again, another group one for the three-year-old Phillies. Um, Carl Burke might have swing along, who's behind Remarquis, who I know you fancied to win at Newbury, winning that Dubai Duty Free, the Fred Darling. Um, she was third in that race. And then we've got the likes of Never Ending Story, who won on heavy going over in Ireland at Leopardstown. Uh, that was over seven furlongs as well, Dower House, maybe in that race as well. And obviously, the French runners, how did you see this? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a good thing in this. And um, Blue Rose End at the bottom um, is currently 5-4 to four with, with William Hill. She'll be massively odds on. She's by Churchill. She handles the really bad ground. She was impressive on her reappearance last month. Um, just shaken up, pressed the button, went, went away and won, beat Lindy and... Palermo in in the Prix de la Grotte on the similar ground, on heavy ground. Um, she's won five of her last six. Um, she was just touched off by Victoria Road as a juvenile last year at Deauville, and we saw that horse went on and win a Breeders' Cup, and that was on decent ground. Uh, that was the only time she was, she's disappointed, really, uh, apart from her debut, and all the stuff on soft and heavy ground, which she's going to get, has been really, really good. 
Um, I just can't see beyond her. I think five to four, she's actually worth worth backing. Um, I think she'll be odds on. And look, never ending story and Lindy and all those ones will all oppose, but I don't think they'll beat her. I'd be very surprised if she doesn't win. So Blue Rose in for me in the French 1000. Let's have a look at the weekend's action in Hong Kong. It's a day earlier this weekend. They're racing there on Saturday morning, so a day early and a little bit earlier too. Six o'clock UK time for the start of a 10-race card. Our regular Hong Kong expert, Wally Pyra, he joins us for what looks like a competitive card. It's like 12, 13, 14 runners in just about every race. going to be tough to find some winners, Wally. Well, it's not just the, um, the the form, trying to sort the form out, seeing which is the best form horse, etc. All I will say is betters and horse racing Hong Kong fans, just take note. Because last Sunday, um, the racing in Sha Tin, uh, what happened, the expected rain and thunderstorms caused absolute havoc with the racing with the action during the action 22 millimeters of rain fell in around two hours they had to put racing back for 35 minutes while this well they called it the red signal storm was going on the rain was lashing down and it, even i see that it was said it was reported later that that was the worst uh, ground conditions at Sha Tin for eight years. So it showed you how much rain that came down. Of course, what happens, 11 races, there was three favourites, the rest were just so hard to pick. And in fact, it was winners. There was the winners, you had to look deeply for them. And most of the winners had something to do with either winning on soft or yielding surfaces all were bred to do the job so unfortunately it's the same forecast on it's the same forecast tomorrow rain and thunderstorms intermittently during the racing or during the afternoon so you just better keep a weather eye out before if you're speculating any of your dollars you better keep a very very big weather eye on what's going on Anyway, let's hoping that everything goes okay. Feature race um, of the afternoon is the Class 1 Hong Kong Macau Trophy. It's got a purse of £350,000. It's over seven furlongs and it's run at 9.05 in the morning. Now, this race has some history with horses from Hong Kong and nearby the island of Macau competing in a two leg contest one at Sha Tin and the other one at Taipei little little racetrack I've been there numerous occasions to Macau and it's a pretty small track nice but you don't get too many people there now this first um, contest between Hong Kong and uh, Macau started nearly 20 years ago 2004 but, but this is the first I call it a match uh between the two uh, territories since 2019 because we had obviously the COVID-19 intervention. Now, three horses from Macau have come over. They're spearheaded by a horse called Star of Yuchong. Um, 
he is a seven-year-old. He's the champion um, in Macau. He's a winner. Well, he's a, got a career record of 15 wins and nine places from 27 races. Now, that's a pretty impressive record. But really and truly, you've got to say, racing in Macau is probably like Division One in football compared to uh, the premier, Premiership of Hong Kong racing. Got top weight. It'd be very, very difficult to fancy him. But still, it's good to see these horses um, from Macau racing. There's some pretty good gallopers representing um, Hong Kong, including the, uh, well, what would I say, the much-hyped and exceptionally useful Beauty Eternal. I called him the winged horse Pegasus uh, probably six weeks ago before he stopped running the derby and got, well, he was beaten in the photo for third. He's a winner of five of his seven races. As I said, he was third in the Hong Kong derby, came out two weeks ago and never looked the winner until on the post. It was an unbelievable performance. He was beat and then suddenly he put his beak in front on the winning line. Uh, obviously to the delight of the favourite backers. He, he picks up a six-pound penalty. What I can tell you is there was only two lengths separated the first six home in that race, of which five of them are in this race again. That's like the likes of Circuit Stella second. He was the one that was chinned on the line. Fantastic Treasure fourth. The Golden Scenery fifth. The Irishman sixth. All the old names coming up again. They're all rated to new and are finishing a dead heat. But my big problem about this race is if the rain forecast is right, most of these gallopers have never raced on a rain, a rain sodden track. So who knows is what's going to happen. All I will say, having looked, as I say, most of them haven't run on this ground. All I will say is that one of my old favourites that's never won since last Pancake Tuesday is the Golden Scenery. Now, the reason I'm mentioning it him is because he's sired by a very, very good horse, Deep Field, um, who's, who's sired many a winner on a soft surface. So you may see a little bit of improvement from the Golden Scenery. I mean, he is well handicapped, but he just doesn't win. But he just might eke out a bit more improvement is certainly going to be a big price but he might be just for a bit of fun because obviously the favourite is going to be a very short price despite there being nothing between these horses at the front he, with Purton and John's size he's going to be a very short price favourite I just think that the golden scenery might offer a little bit of value uh, and it has got each way claims so there we are the other race I'm a bit interested in is the 940, the Macau handicap over six furlongs. I did have a little bit of a chuckle about this race because it's the fact that Purton and Hugh Bowman seem to be playing musical chairs. And the reason I say that is that Purton, who trialed um the, the well he was a once flying machine he's got a problem he's had a few health issues but he's back he trialed a horse called flying ace 
um, recently. His track work has been pretty good, but he's been off the track for seven months. But his trials have been good. Purton rode him in a trial and won on him, but then suddenly opted for a horse called Happy Golf. Now, why I say you call it musical chairs is because Hugh Bowman has ridden Happy Golf to success in his last two races. Well, for whatever reason, he's not on it now, and he rides Flying Ace. So take what you take out of that. It's very difficult. If I was going to have to have a choice, I would pick Happy Golf. Purely and simply, he's up in class. I know he's got a penalty, but he looks progressive. He looks very professional. He's got a lightweight, and he's got a good draw. So I would find it very difficult to oppose him. But opposition includes uh, excellent fighter going for a hat-trick with D'Souza on. He's got a chance. And maybe fans of that horse, the Royal Ascot winner Theseus, spent so much money sending him over to Hong Kong, so far never been sighted. He's at Richard Gibson's yard, never been sighted in these races. All I will say is they gelded him. And since they gelded him, his track work has improved enormously. You'd say the six furlong trip might be a little bit too sharp for him, but I expect him to run a much, much better race. Thanks, Wally, and good luck with those selections. Don't forget, racing at Sha Tin Racecourse in Hong Kong takes place on Saturday morning this week from 6am UK time, and you can watch it live on Sky Sports Racing. Well, that's all from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's racing action in the UK and also in Hong Kong. So please make sure that you join us then. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. 